You are listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. We exist to empower the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive through podcast community. Now, here is your host. Blooming Inspired Podcast, equipping and empowering the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive. Good morning. This is Michelle Bentham, host of Blooming Inspired Podcast. I would appreciate your prayers for my voice to continue to recover. I'm getting to the point where it's getting stronger each day and I'm able to speak a little bit. And so I want to jump into Mark chapter 6 today, um, right back in where we were teaching last Tuesday. We had just finished reading um, Mark 6, and we were in verse 6. And I want to um, highlight that we talked about how sometimes people who are close to us, who are well-intended, will become an interruption or a distraction, a disruption to the purpose of God in our life. And we saw that with Jesus' family in his own hometown. He couldn't do mighty works there except for heal a few people who were sick when he laid hands on them uh, because there was great unbelief in the village concerning him. And we looked at some other instances earlier in the book of Mark where his family came to him and they felt like he was out of line and doing things that were even dangerous. And so I want to read um, through uh, from 7 to 29 today. And I want to talk about how sometimes those disruptions become can become distractions, okay? And so in verse 7, we see Jesus not letting what happened in his hometown. Actually, let's go back to verse 6. And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went about among the villages teaching. And so he left the place where they rejected him, and he returned to the villages and began teaching again. And in verse 7, we see him do the next thing that God had commended him to do. Verse 7, And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you, they will not listen to you. When you leave, shake the dust that is on your feet off as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil and many who were sick and healed them. In verse 14, we see our next distraction. So Jesus has sent out the 12 apostles and he's given them authority. And they are preaching the gospel of repentance, calling people to repent because the kingdom of heaven is near. And he tells them exactly how to respond when what happened to him in Nazareth happens to them. And he's assuring them that it will. Shake the dust off of your feet and move on. And that's exactly what Jesus did. I want to tell you that when those interruptions come, when the distractions and the disruptions 
come. Sometimes what you have to do is shake the dust off of your feet and move on. You don't need to worry about what you need to do what God's called you to do. If he's called you to it, he's going to provide the way to do it. And he's going to provide people to come around you, to support you, and to come alongside of you in it. That is exactly what I'm finding with Blooming Inspired Network. People are coming alongside of me. Tomorrow we launch Jennifer Eichenhorst podcast show. That podcast is going to be going out over the airwaves every Wednesday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Central Time. You want to hear from her. She's got a tremendous testimony about how God delivered her out of an extremely hopeless situation after an accident. And he gave her not only hope, but victory in the process. And so don't let your, your interruptions and your disruptions and the distractions that come sidetrack you and put you on the bench They don't have to put you on the bench. I barely have a voice and I'm not on the bench. Verse 14, King Herod heard of it for Jesus's name had become known. So he heard what was going on with Jesus. Do you hear that? King Herod heard what was going on with Jesus. Some said, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said he is Elijah. And others said he is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. You see, King Herod had beheaded John the Baptist. And it goes on to tell us, In verse 17, for it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him, John the Baptist, and wanted to put him to death. But she could not, for Herod feared John knowing that he was a righteous and a holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. Now, I want you to catch the picture of this. Jesus could do no miraculous works in his hometown because of the unbelief of those who were closest to him and the response of his family to his ministry. He was rejected. Herod understood that John the Baptist was a righteous and a holy man. And it also says that he kept him safe. That he gladly heard what John the Baptist said to him. He was convicted by it. But because of his family, Herodias and his stepdaughter, He beheaded John the Baptist to appease those around him. That's a disruption. And it becomes an opportunity to disrupt Jesus. But let's see what happens. 
But an opportunity came when Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guest. And the king said to the girl, ask me whatever you wish and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, for what should I ask? And she, her mother, said, the head of John the Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry. But because of his oaths and his guest, he did not want to break his word to her. And immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head he went and beheaded him in prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. And when his disciples heard it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. Now I want you to hear this. John the Baptist was beheaded because of the whim of a young girl who danced before Herod and pleased him. And because of the vengeance of her mother against John the Baptist, because they were doing things that were wrong in the sight of God. We have to be careful about who we make our partnerships with, that our partnerships and our friendships and our relationships with others do not become hindrances, disruptions, and interruptions to the plans and purposes of God in our life. We have to be discerning about what those things are and what it is that we are supposed to do in response to them. I've learned in my life in the last 13 or so years that sometimes people come into my life and I see what's happening and God has given me assignment to walk with them through that season and minister to them and take on what's happening with them as an assignment. And I have to know whether that is an assignment from God or whether it's a distraction. You see, I'm not saying that we're not supposed to minister to people. I'm saying there are people who are not sent by God. That they are, there are enemies in our world today who come at us. And we need to remember that sometimes those people don't come because God sent them to us to, to get healed, but they come as a distraction. That's exactly what Herodias and her daughter were to John the Baptist, who was beginning to line up with what God was doing through John the Baptist. He chose to go with what gave him earthly pleasure instead of what would have given him eternal life. We can't let these things distract us. And to, on Thursday... Whenever we come back, we're going to finish reading this chapter and see how Jesus addressed another interruption and how he knew that what he was encountering was not a distraction, but it was a divine purpose. And remember, 
when Jesus was rejected in Nazareth, he could have folded up his tent and went home. He could have said, oh my gosh, they don't think what I'm doing has value. Maybe I should rethink this. Maybe I should, I should stop. No, he didn't do that. He anointed and appointed 12 people to go out and represent him and do the same works that he was doing. That's a powerful testimony, friends. What is it that God has called you to do that others have persuaded you? Maybe you shouldn't. And you laid it down. It's time to begin praying, my friend, about whether or not God would have you pick that back up again. See, the gift and calling of God is irrevocable. Irrevocable. So what is that gift? What is that calling? Maybe you got sidetracked with your own idea of your calling. You know, Psalm 62, 5 helps me a lot. That God is my hope and that all my expectation is set on Him. See, I can't in and of myself fulfill my calling or my purpose. But the more I grow to know Jesus, the more I love Him, the more I follow Him, the more I surrender and let myself die to Him, the more alive He becomes in me and the more He demonstrates Himself as real through me. Who does Jesus want to show up and express Himself as through you today. Lord God, we pray you would come and have your way. Show us exactly what you would have us do in this season and in this time to respond not only to your calling, but to fulfill our purpose upon the earth, which is ultimately to take the good news to every nation in this world. Lord, we want to be your vessels, pure and holy before you. Clear us out. Make room for more. Teach us what it means to truly die completely to ourselves so that we may be raised alive in Christ, that he may live fully through us and reach a lost and dying world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, that's all the time I have for you today. Remember to tune in tomorrow at 2 o'clock Central Time for Jennifer Ackenhorst's podcast, Accidental Hope. You're going to love her and you're going to love her testimony. And I can't wait for you to hear from her. Also tune in on Mondays. We have Michelle Terman doing the Redeemed Rebel podcast at 4 p.m. Central Time on Mondays. And tune back in here, right here on Thursdays at 11 a.m. to hear more of the Blooming Inspired podcast as we continue to talk about and conclude this message on divine interruptions and disruptions and how we can move through them to fulfill our purpose and our calling in God. Until next time, I want to remind you, as I always do, that blooming where your planet is the first step to living your wildest dreams. So live your lives blooming alive. You have been listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast on the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. This show airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central Time. To learn more about this podcast, its network, or the ministry of Blooming Inspired Network, please visit bloominginspirednetwork.com and select the podcast link at the top of the page.